Welcome to HII Talking Points, a Huntington Ingalls Industries podcast. Twice a quarter, we'll sit down with HII leaders to discuss topics of interest in our company and industry. My name is Phoebe Doty, and today I'm talking with HII President and CEO Mike Petters about workforce development. Mr. Petters, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me again. Now, workforce development is a topic that is vital for HII's continued success, and it's one that you've addressed on many occasions. Today, I want to dive deeper into what workforce development means to you and to HII as a company. So, let's get started. Workforce development is such a broad topic, and so is HII's stake in it. So I thought we could start today by breaking it down a little bit. What do we do internally to develop HII's current workforce, and what do we do externally to develop our future workforce? Wow, <laughs> that really breaks it down. Um, the, you know, I think the first thing you get to realize about this business is that, for the most part, people in most of our business don't come to us completely trained and qualified to do the work that we do. Um, you know, there's no, there's no shipbuilding degree out there that you can go and get and present at our HR office and say, okay, <laughs> right. I'm ready to be a shipbuilder. Um, and even in our technical solutions group, uh, you know, where we are always moving people in and out of those organizations, there's, there's a real need for people to come in and understand how that particular aspect of that business works. And so in my mind, at the first level, Workforce development is about uh, taking taking someone who wants to do their best work and giving them the kind of tools that they need, the training, the support that they need so that they can do their best work on behalf of the company. Now, that takes lots of forms, you know, in, and it takes lots of forms in, in lots of our businesses. But that's you know, whether, whether you're talking about our apprentice programs or our craft training programs or our intern programs or any number of on-the-job training programs that we have, uh, and literally we have, we have thousands of those people every, every day involved in programs like that, and we spend, you know, tens of millions of dollars a year on those kinds of programs. Uh, all of those really are about bringing people from outside of the organization into the organization and giving them the tools that they need, the support that they need, the knowledge that they need, uh, so that they have a chance to do their very best work. And, and if we can do that, then we're being very successful in workforce development. When you've talked about workforce development in the past, you've made it clear that it's not a challenge just for government to solve. Uh, businesses have to have a role in it as well. Do you think that other businesses are getting that message? You know, I think that depends. I think, uh, you know, what I what I have seen is that, uh, first of all, workforce development from a public policy perspective is really a state issue. I mean, there's, there's uh, you know, three or four dozen federal programs spread out across about a dozen federal agencies. They're really hard to get involved with. It's really, there's, they're just not worth the effort for most, for most companies like ours. But the state programs uh, are, are very, very valuable to us uh, because you can partner with the community colleges, you can do things locally in your high schools um, that, make, that make workforce development 
uh, seamless to, you know, that whole process becomes seamless to your operation. Um, what I have seen is I've seen at the state level, I've seen other companies who, on the one hand, will talk about the need for workforce development, uh, you know, and the improvement in workforce development, and those kinds of things. Uh, and, but on the other hand, they kind of sit at the end of the pipeline of workforce development and they just wait for the product to come out and then they're not happy with the product. And, and my view is that the more you engage in that product uh, upstream, the better chance you have to get a product that is actually useful to you and that you can go and, and put to good use on the, you know, at the very beginning. So I continue to talk to other executives about get more involved in this. You know, be part of the workforce investment boards. Go get involved with your local community colleges. Um, get involved in the local high schools and do the things that you, that you need to do. Now, that's one kind of discussion you can have for large companies like us. Uh, you know, if you're a small company and you're trying to find a specific skill set, that can be really challenging because you don't have the resources to go make that kind of investment. Um, but that's not really the folks I'm talking about. I mean, the, the guys that I talk about getting involved are the, the other businesses that have the means and the resources and the demand. Uh, the more involved they get, the more investment they make in it, the better their return is going to be. How does um, DNI factor into workforce development? Wow, uh, in and just about every dimension of it, it there's a there's a, a piece of it that says, um, you know, we we're gonna we're gonna make because because diversity and inclusion is part of our uh, value set. We're going to make sure that the people that come in are going to be supportive of that, that they understand that, and that's going to be part and parcel to their success. I, I think, uh, you know. Beyond that, I think that um, sometimes people don't feel empowered because they don't feel trained. You know, and if our mantra is uh, we're going to make the, you know, we're going to we're going to ensure that we have a climate where our least empowered people are confidently contributing. Well, there's a lot of reasons not to be empowered, and one of them is you might not think that you're qualified, and so. Having having a program that's going to that you know it's going to give you a sense that you know you're you're qualified for this. Uh, we need your contribution. You know you can kind of take that off the table, and that's a, that's another way to um, uh, you know empower people. And so that's that's kind of the way that I see that it working. Uh, it's one part of it will be communicating our values and what we care about, but part of it is going to be let's move let's remove an obstacle for folks to contribute. So those training programs are more helpful in more ways than one. Though. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. I mean, the, the training programs are a way of communicating to the organization what you care about. So earlier you mentioned community college apprentice programs. Um, generations of Americans have been raised to think that college is the main key to success, if not the only key in some <laughs> cases. Do you see that changing now? Well, there's a lot more talk about uh, about that maybe changing. Um, you know, I, I think that in the mindset of a lot of people, it still is the key. But I, in our particular case, 90% of the people that will hire over the next five years or so don't require a college degree. Um, they need motivation. They need uh, 
uh, inspiration. They need perspiration. They need to be willing to come and hard, be be willing to do some hard work and want to do it. And if they if they you know if that's what you're willing to do is come and do some hard stuff, uh, we're probably going to have a place for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that to me, I, you know, there is there is a lot of talk, and a, a lot of the talk around the college thing is is a little bit around. Uh, the cost of college now has gotten to be so expensive. Uh, and the society is changing where it's not always evident that if you have a college degree, you actually have a place to work. Um, you know, and, and people that do things with their hands, uh, there's, there's a demand for people who will be doing things. There will be kind of a, there's kind of a steady demand for that. So I think people are recognizing that it, there's a mix in our society that's required. I guess, and if you think about where we're going in the future, uh, what's going to be really determinant in a, in any person's success uh, is going to be it's going to be less about you know do you have a do you have a college degree, uh, do you have an associate's degree, do you have a high school diploma, where do you fit in that structure? I mean, that's still going to be important, but I think really the the key driver in your career, as far as success goes, is going to be do you have a love of learning? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you love learning. No, no matter where you come from, if you love learning, you're going to be well set up for this century because I promise you, if you're joining the workforce today, your job will change fundamentally several times during your career, even if you happen to stay at the same company for the whole time. So if you, don't ha- if you haven't fostered that love of learning and that curiosity that comes with that, um, you're, you could fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so, but on the other hand, if you're really curious and you love learning and you, you're willing to take on a chance of something new and you're willing, and, and we're going to be willing to try to help you make that transition and train you for something new, then, um, then you're going to have a very successful career and, and you're going to love every minute of it. So to me, the love of learning is going to be a lot more determinant in someone's success than whatever diploma they might have. Right. Speaking of love of learning, and we mentioned earlier the early stages of the workforce pipeline, you've said that early childhood education in America is a national security issue. Uh, what did you mean by that? Well, you're right. I have said that, and I do mean that. Um, you know, a lot of kind of let's start at the if you think about the pipeline of, of creating an employee as starting in our kindergartens and our pre-kindergarten school classrooms. And it goes through all of our schools. It goes through all those summer jobs that people have, all those internships. It goes through college. If you think about that as the pipeline, the reason that, that people are spending so much money on workforce development these days is because they are not getting out of the pipeline what they need. And they're trying to fix it. You know, they're trying to fix the whatever they're missing you know if they they're hiring mathematicians but they they have they they don't have math backgrounds and they're trying to train them to do math i mean that's in some ways that's a little bit of where workforce development is i mean 20 30 40 years ago we had shop classes in high school we don't Mm -hmm. we don't have that anymore so if you're going to be a craftsman where do you get to where do you even get to see what being a craftsman is like in the pipeline and so workforce development is kind of at the very end of the pipeline saying Okay, well, we're going we're gonna to try to help you foster a love of learning and, and see what you can do. Early childhood, in my view, is at the very beginning of the pipeline. And if, there's, if there is anything that I've learned from shipbuilding, it is that the earlier you do it, the more efficiently you can do it. 
it's cheaper to do it in the shop than it is to do it on the ship. And so if you want to create a love of learning for someone, it's a whole lot easier, I think, to try to do that when they're three and four and five years old than it is when they are 18, 19, 20, and they've got 15 years of experience where maybe they didn't love learning. Now you've got a lot to overcome there. So so trying to, you know, the, the idea of getting involved in early childhood is to give give these kids a real chance to to foster their own love of learning, to be customers of their own education as they go through the pipeline, uh, to give them their best chance to set up for success when they, uh, when they finally get to the job market. I think we have a responsibility to do that, um, you know, given the horizon of our business and the long-term nature of what we do. But I, you know, and I don't, I'm not under any illusions that, uh, that uh, some of the kids that go to, go to preschool today are gonna end up being employees of HII in, in uh, 20 years, but a couple of them might. But you know, if, if, uh, if all of them go on to be very productive citizens in this country, and we continue to be a partner with this country and its security issues, then that's gonna be really important and that'll be good enough for us. You've declined all but $1 of your salary for the past two years to fund 178 scholarships for children of HII employees. Why is that important to you? Well, I think we just talked about that. I mean, it, you know, first of all, this is not about me. This is about the stories that these kids are going to have uh, as, in a way, we can foster and encourage and fertilize and grow their own love of learning. And, you know, to the, to the extent that we can do that, uh, we have a chance to build a better society. And, and to, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things in our society today that can cause folks to despair. And I guess my, my personal view is that there are a lot of ways to combat that. But education happens to be one of the ways, you know, that you, if you're in a place where there's a lot of despair and you have a chance to go and build your education and start to love learning, you might have a chance to break that cycle and, and move on. Um, you might have a chance. It may not be something that affects you, but your love of learning may be something that you can bring to somebody else to help them break their cycle and so there to me there's no downside in any of this and it's all you know it's all an investment in our future uh, as a society and in the future of these kids and in the future of our corp of our company now you met recently with some students at Ingalls and their family scholarship recipients and you're going to meet with some at Newport News right. how was that experience well, that's, I mean you know that's really cool I, I mean these kids you know the ones that are going into uh, you know, college or junior college or community college, uh, they already have a love of learning and they mm -hmm. have some direction and where they're going to go. And, um, you know, and it's just exciting. It's energizing to be around kids. I, frankly, I'm envious to, to, of them. They've, they're starting out on a path that, uh, gosh, if I knew then what I know now, right. it would be a whole lot more fun path to go down. As much as I've enjoyed my path, they would be mm -hmm. so much more fun. To, to go do it again. So I, so I have some vicarious pleasure and all that and, and meeting their parents and, and hearing the things that they want to go off and do. Um, you know, I, it's also kind of humbling because I recognize that I'm just not that smart. I mean, you know, when there's, you got biomedical engineers right. and all that kind of stuff happening. Um, but then meeting the, the pre-K kids is, <laughs> that is really cool because they, you know, my wife teaches uh, preschool and 
you know, for she could do my job. I know that I could not do her job. And so that uh, is always interesting to me to be around those little kids and to see the differences in their personalities, the things that, you know, they've picked up from their parents, the things that, uh, you know, how important their development is. It is just, it's such an impressionable time for them. And to be able to have even a, even a minor impact in, in the trajectory of their lives is just in, incredibly rewarding. And I, and I think the whole corporation should take some pride in, in the fact that we're involved in stuff like that. Because it's, it's unique, and, and I think we should continue to um, foster that and support it and, and, and feel good about it. Perfect. Well, on that uplifting note, uh, thank you for sharing your thoughts with us today. You bet. Thanks. Good to see you again. Thanks for listening to HII Talking Points. This podcast was produced by Huntington Ingalls Industries Corporate Communications Team. We welcome your feedback and ideas for future podcasts at www.huntingtoningles.com slash podcast.